All right. We're back at it. Welcome to Coffee Talk. I'm here with Father Moses, and uh, we're going to talk. We're going to just, we're going to chat. We're going to kick up some conversation here around some hot drinks. Now, Father Moses, you're not a, a coffee guy. You're a tea guy. Yeah. Why? You know, maybe basically my background, you know, I'm from Nigeria. A lot of uh, folks back in Nigeria grew up with drinking tea. Not to say that they are people, not to say that they are not people who don't drink uh, um, uh, coffee. There are folks who drink coffee, but majority of Nigerians basically they they do tea, you know. But once you're here in America, you know, coffee is the thing, you know. In the morning, you just coffee the system and just you know, boom, zoom into into the world. <laughs> <laughs> for the business of things, you know. You know, I've I've become kind of a coffee snob at home. Um, Ani and I are like, now we're starting to get a little persnickety in our coffees, you know. Um, do you have a, like a special tea that you drink, or is it just grab a tea and go? Yeah, I have all kinds of tea, but I drink actually the yogi tea. It has the ones I I have the one for night. I have the one for like uh, the stress-free um, uh, tea, but usually I drink you know, all kinds of tea, Lipton, uh, anyone I lay my hands on. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So you, you grew up in Nigeria. Yeah. What was that like? Hmm. I actually grew up um, in a city in Nigeria, the city of Lagos. It's twice population-wise, twice the population of uh, New York City. Wow. Yes, over 25 million people. You know, um, uh, it's it's a bustling environment. It's mm. the hustling and bustling in Lagos. Is uh, if you, if you can have uh, you know a glimpse of how Manhattan is like, New York City, you can peep into uh, the geography of uh, Lagos. In Nigeria, it is this bustling, and uh, so I'm kind of like a city boy. But oh, along man. the line, that changed a bit, you know. Maybe because of my my formation gradually as a seminarian and as a priest, city life is not really my kind of thing anymore. <laughs> mm. So, do you like the the country more now, or do you just kind of like the verbs? Like, what do you like? What's your yeah? You know that. I don't like, you know, like somewhere around here or the suburbs or even like the villages, you know. I remember when I went to the seminary, you know, uh, back home, I went actually to a seminary um, in another state. Mm -hmm. And we were just like uh, in a space for like one full year. We had 30 days retreat. And that kind of like helped me with, with, with silence. By the time I got done with that and I came back, wow, city life was just, I just couldn't withstand noise anymore. So that kind of like changed in changed me inside out. So now I don't think I really want to be in the city. That I can come to the city, you know, get what you need to get from the city. Then, you know, I just withdraw to a place where you can actually, you know, feel nature, you know. Hmm. Hmm. Now I take it nature out here is a lot different than in Nigeria, right? Um, 
would you get out more in Nigeria or do you like being out in nature here in New York? I mean, here is like my second home. I've been here for like, you know, seven years now. When I went home, um, where my parents live, it's kind of like uh, outside uh, of the city. So you can actually, you know, imbibe, feel, and just, you know, just feel nature. And every now and then here, um, especially summertime, I just go down to some of the parks and just, you know, sit down, walk around, and sometimes just sit by the water and just gaze into into the water and just, you know, feel the, uh, the wholesomeness of God, you know, mm. which uh, I, anyway, I find myself, if I stayed for a longer time, it becomes home for me. Just as it is now, Western New York, uh, Williamsville is home for me now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So we've got Teresa on here. Uh, we've got some people hopping on. Hey, look, if you guys have any questions for Father Moses, uh, feel free to just type them in and we'll we'll get to those. Um, but we'll continue some conversation here. A couple other questions I have for you. So. You're kind of like a, I don't want to say a baby priest, but you're a new priest. Um, how's the experience been so far? It's an awesome experience, you know. I know we Catholics, we don't believe like in the, you know, like um, in reincarnation that, you know, when you die, we don't believe that people come back. It's not in our Catholic understanding. But if God would permit me to come back in my next word, I probably would choose the priesthood. And that is just to describe to you that uh, the priesthood, just like the marriage vocation is a gift, mm -hmm. you know, the same way uh, you, for instance, a married man, you know, you treasure your family, you, um, you love your wife, you love your children, you know, in a much similar way, the priesthood being a gift from God is, is something that I really treasure. I love being a priest. Uh, if I'm given the opportunity to come back into the next world, I would love to be a priest, and and that I always reflect. I always reflect that in my um, uh, celebration of the Eucharist. You know, I, I heard from a priest one time that when you celebrate the mass, celebrate the mass as if it were your first mass, mm. your only mass, and your last mass. You know, so there is a kind of like. There's an approach, there's an aura, there's an attitude you you put into every celebration of the mass or even other paraliturgical celebration, you know, but it's very awesome. It's something I like. I love, I love being a priest, you know, being with people and uh, sharing the word of God mm -hmm. with people and uh, in a more significant way, being with the people when they are in church and we all celebrate the Eucharist together. Mm. I love the priesthood. That's awesome. <laughs> We've got some more people jumping on and joining us. We've got Kristen and Allie. Hey, what's up, guys? Hello. Um, How are you all? <laughs> hey, all right. Oh, here we got. Oh, here we go. We got a we got a question here from Teresa. Father Moses, should we pray the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary during Lent instead of the glorious? I have heard of it either way. Thank you. Oh, interesting. Actually, some of these actually grew out of um, personal piety. A lot of people during Lent, because we are joining, we joining with our Lord Jesus Christ. There's some people who feel that okay, the sorrowful mysteries should be the the 
the the rosary we should pay we should pray and there are some folks who just go by the traditional way that on mondays uh like today this afternoon i pray the joyful mysteries on tuesday the sorrowful on wednesday uh the glorious and thursday the luminous mysteries and on friday the sorrowful mystery on saturday the joyful again then on sunday the glorious it all depends on you i mean in all of the 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 mysteries we are meditating upon um the life of our lord jesus christ as we pray the hell mary so whichever one you pray during lent for me it doesn't really um uh matter it's it's all uh with you how how you want to communicate with god if it is the sorrowful mysteries kind of like you know work for you through your own personal journey in lent you can go with that but if it is just the traditional way the way i just explained it all well and good mm, yeah awesome thanks and thanks for the question Teresa. yeah Keep them coming. if you question. guys got questions we got answers here with father moses um so speaking of lent how is your lent coming along yeah i mean i started lent with with um uh how do i put it now you know kind of like in a very low tone i try to just i've been praying very you know part of our Lenten observance is to fast pray and give hams and uh, in so many ways in my own way my journey with god i've been doing that in several ways but uh i have some books i'm reading for Lent just to to put me through at the same time you know being a priest sometimes people think that oh you don't really need Lent. You give it to the people. We are all journeying with God. We nobody is a finished product when it comes to um, uh, the way we walk with God. So uh, length, length for me has been has been going very smoothly. Not until the wave of all these things coming, COVID nineteen and everything. Mm. And in a way, I'm actually mm. even seeing the ends of God in all of these that. Can I even use this situation, this situation we are in now, to be a way of actually even journeying with God? Mm. I miss everyone at Mass, not seeing people, but what is God telling me through this silence before we finish Lent? What am I called to do? I'm still reflecting on that, descending that. Mm. Every moment has, um, uh, there's always a moment of God. And see, see God in all of those moments for which now, presently, I'm, I'm seeing God in all of this, you know. So, but um, till next week, we're still in Lent, you know. Palm Sunday will begin uh, the period of the Holy Week. But Lent is what it is um, for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And things have certainly felt different around here in ministry. You know, we've had to gear up doing a lot of, a lot of our stuff digitally, you know. Um, and it, it's kind of forced me to think, differently on how to minister, you know, and just what we do, especially with the youth. Um, how has this forced you to think differently and how have you taken to doing your digital reflections and doing things over the camera as opposed to being face-to-face? -face? Honestly, it's not been easy, you know. I, um, coming from the place I come from, we're more dramatic. Like, you, the way you're looking at me now, you know, gesticulating using my hands and 
I love there's a kind of response you get from people when you talk face to face, just to say where we are talking now. Yeah. But um, it's not been easy. I remember, was it two weeks ago or last week? And after my homily, in my mind, I thought people were just sitting down looking at me. I said, let us rise, you know? And it took me a while to realize, oh, Moses, this is a different setting. So I'm, no. I'm gradually kicking into that. It's not been easy. On, on Saturday, I had a funeral mass. It was just one man show for me. I mean, I was running out to scatter just to make sure things are in place. Usually, we'll find some of our, uh, our ministers in the funeral bereavement department. They help us with that. They come, they set up. And now, when you don't get to see people, you're left alone to do that all by yourself. And you're thinking, you're thinking faster than you normally would do. So, like, uh, Father Moses, this is a different situational reality now. And you have to just uh, sum up all of your creativity to mm -hmm. make sure, you know, get to reach out to our people, which, of course, you guys have been doing, too, like what we've been doing and, uh, uh, you know, just to give spiritual edification to our people back home. Uh, whichever way the situation presents itself, we have to just key in into that situation and call on God, call on our Mother Mary to help us within this uh, situation. And uh, I know uh, that God will never abandon us. Mm. Yeah, it's keeping us on our toes. Gotta yeah, pivot quickly. <laughs> yeah. uh, just to change gears here for a second. Uh, what do you like to do for fun? Oh, for fun. I love to play tennis. I love to go on a walk. And uh, I tried it yesterday and it, it didn't come out good. <laughs> going for a walk? Yeah, I went for a walk yesterday. The weather was so beautiful, 70 degrees. And I said, okay, Moses, go for a walk. So I was in the park just by um, North Forest Road. I went to the park there and I was, you know, walking. I had a book with me, you know, at some point I would jog, at some point I would walk. I didn't see this coming. There was this heavy <laughs> downpour, you know. The rain oh, came no. wild, heavy, you know, <laughs> and everything was just pouring on me. My book, my new book, you know, it was in a state of mess. I said, Oh, what is this? But all the same, I enjoyed the walk, the rain, the shower was too heavy on me, but that is part of life. So my downtime moment, you know, I, I love to read. I read I read a lot of um, literature, uh, both church philosophy, sociology, anthropology, mm. and um, reading could be a hobby for me too. But besides that, fun thing, you know, Sometimes I go to downtown Ankoba, mm. have chicken wings with friends, mm. you know. Um, I go to, what does it call, on um, Niagara Falls Boulevard. Um, uh, uh, I remember that in a second, you know. Other than, you know, those fun moments, I love to play tennis. That's my favorite sport. Yeah. I am looking forward to the summer. And I hope and pray that um, this whole situation will... Will be gone by then. Yeah. I I miss my walk and I miss my my tennis. You know. Speaking of that storm yesterday, I can't believe we got stuck out. Of that. That's <laughs> that was a brutal yeah. uh, storm that came blowing through. <clears throat> I was upstairs. We just put our kids down to to take a nap, 
and it came blowing in. I didn't see it coming. I heard that rain might have been in the forecast, but I was not expecting that. And um, just as we put them down, the storm blew through. We had hail, we had thunder, we had all sorts of stuff. Wow. And it was it was a mess. Surprisingly, the kids didn't get up. They just slept right through. I even peeked wow. in on Izzy just to see it. She gonna be scared in the storm, and you know, I'm sitting there. The thunder's rumbling, and we don't have an attic above us. It's just a roof, and so all you can do is just hear the rain oh. coming down. Yep, slept right through it. Peeked in on on Wyatt. Yep, oh, he's out cold. <laughs> <laughs> we look outside, and there's just it looked like a river coming down the street. Wow. wow. And the garbage cans were outside, and. Some of them down the street must have blown open because we've had paper and garbage right down the street. Wow. Uh, it was it was crazy. So that I'm sorry. Was wing. That was never wing. Wow. You know, like it was it was for something else. But in all, you know, we need the rain like they usually say, uh, is in April showers. You know, kind of like bring May flowers. Yeah, you know? right, right. So, <laughs> and the the grass is started getting to be green now. You know, we can see everywhere is becoming green. Yeah, spring's coming. Spring's coming. Spring is coming. Mm. Um, so last last week we were talking with Joe. We had Joe over here for Coffee Talk. And we were actually talking about books. And we we're talking about our favorite books. Uh, you mentioned reading. What's your favorite book? My favorite book? For now, I don't think I have any favorite book. I, I have all kinds of books that when I read and, you know, they're kind of like very insightful I put them in kind of like collections. You know, we always have some books that are classics for you. And um, I don't really think I do have um, a lot of theology books that I read that I like. I, f I find them very good. Presently, I'm reading a book by um, Amy Levine, uh, Entry into the Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. It's a new book, and I was on chapter two. Like I said yesterday, as I was going, walking around, at some point, I would just stop, you know, just, you know, flip some pages, continue my walk. But that book was in a state of uh, mess yesterday, you know, because of the rain. Yeah. But uh, once it gets dried up now, I'll pick it up again and read. It's kind of like my book for, um, for Lent, trying to enter into the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in that book, she was just describing how Jesus Christ had to take some risk, you know. Mm. He didn't need to go to Jerusalem. He didn't need to do all of that, but he made a choice. Mm. And in that choice, a lot of risk. So what choices are we making as Christians? That even when we choose Christianity, it's like a risk, mm. you know, but kind of like a graceful risk that when we journey with God, God helps us through all those journeys. Mm. And that's what we're doing in land. So for me now, it's just the book I'm reading. I have some other side books that I'm reading too. There is this book by um, uh, Rabbi Joshua Heschel, um, uh, The Sabbath. And he has another one, very interesting book, um, very cerebral, um, God in Search of Man. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a classic for me. I read it every now and then. Whenever I pick it up, it's actually a good book, you know? So. Um, and uh, whatever book I just leave my hands on, I just read. I, I I bought some new books. I've not even opened them. So reading is kind of like a hobby for me too, you know. So yeah. any interesting book would be my favorite. But I don't actually think I have a particular book that I will call favorite, you know. 
Mm. Well, speaking of books, we broke into talking about our favorite book in scripture. Okay. Uh, do you have a favorite book? Uh, a favorite author in the Bible? You have. Uh... I have a particular verse that I kind of I, I I wouldn't say I like I love so much because because it sums up the essence of of we human beings, and even during mass today I quoted that. Mm. Yeah, given the readings of today, the story of Susanna and the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. You know, uh, God was on the side of Susanna. God was on the side of this woman, and uh, because of the injustice in the society, you know, and one verse in the Bible that's for me that sums up everything is Micah chapter six, verse eight. My favorite passage in the Bible. It asks us to do just three things. Mm. Act justly, love kindness, and walk humbly with God. You know, like, in just those three um, commands of God or admonitions, if you like, uh, the sum of the essence of humanity. If you have to walk humbly with God, you have to be just. Mm. If you have to walk humbly with God, you have to be merciful. You know, like justice and mercy. These are the attributes of God, you know. Mm. And if you really want to walk humbly with God, we can brush aside those two um, uh, dictates of God to act justly and to be merciful, or, you know, or to be kind. So, my favorite passage of the Bible is Micah chapter 6, verse 8. You can think about it. Mm. I had, I had a young adult message me the other day about scripture, you know, mm. and, and she was trying to, she's trying to get into the scripture and she's trying to not be overwhelmed by it. What would you say is the best way to introduce yourself into scripture? If you're just starting to get into it, you know, how do you read the Bible? What's a good way of falling in love with it? Um, it depends on um your situation at the moment at different moments for for younger kids who want to learn about the bible i think um first parents should put them through it because they will come along um as they read a lot of things in the hebrew hebrew testament you know mm -hmm. like oh an iphone high a tooth for a tooth this, uh, this might be very scary for them but uh, it depends on understanding of the context what happened before and after what happened like 2000 years ago that are not applicable in our own time. You know, when you read the Bible, there are places in the Bible that talks about slavery, for instance, but now in modern times, we don't practice that, you know? So if a young boy of 13 or 12 is reading Bible, I'm like, oh, there is slavery in the Bible. How come am I reading this kind of Bible, you know? That can throw a lot of challenge to them. But if we have parents to help them, guide them through that, you know. Mm. But we have we have the Catholic edition of the Bible that gives you a kind of clue on how to read the Bible, what you find in the Bible. Maybe if you can read some some part of that, you know, it keys you into what you want to read in the Bible, you know. And there are different approaches. There are people who do the Lexio Divina, like you just open the Bible, maybe the Gospel, and you find a particular verse or passage and it's striking a chord in you, 
you can just sit down with it, meditate on it, and what is God telling you through that, through mm. that aspect? You know, I actually met a woman. Um, she lives very close to uh, one of these blocks around us here. Um, she's a Protestant, and there was this day I was just taking a stroll, and she has a flash card with her. She has written in there, um, uh, "Let us send Paul to the Philippians." From I think she told me I didn't even know that that Philippians has 144 verses. And she wrote that each verse in a flashcard. Mm. So she will read two verses every day. So that could be a way to read uh, the Bible too. I find that very fascinating. She has a bunch of those flashcards with her. Mm. And she, she 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 showed it to me. And now she says she's, she's reading uh, James, you know. Wow. So she was taking the straw and she was using a flashcard. So if you find, you know, using flashcard very easy and good for you to learn, you can read the Bible that way and meditate on it too. There are different ways, whatever ways, you know, whichever way works for you. Now, would you say that there's a book of the Bible that would be kind of a must-have as an introduction? You know, like, hey, this is the one that I would recommend just jumping into first. You mean or, the book of the Bible? Yeah, maybe one of the books. Is there one that you would recommend? Uh... Like I said, again, it all it, it all depends on where you are at. I mean, for me, being a student of the Bible, for instance, I can dive into any aspect of the Bible. But if I'm recommending to an adult or to younger ones, you know, like for adults, I usually want them to kind of like look into the Psalms, you know. Mm. They, they are very real. They are very real. You find some Psalms, Psalms of lament, when people go through a lot of difficult things in life, like we are going through now, we kind of look as if ah, we've been abandoned by God. Mm. The Psalm is a good way to just um, dive into the Bible and see how the emotions of the people of Israel then and how they, they, they were conversing with God, you know? Sometimes people think that, oh, when you are angry, you can't tell God. Anger is an aspect of emotions. You can tell God how you're angry with certain situation. And there are a lot of psalms that can actually help us through that way. That is, you know, if people are going into that. But at the same time, the one I will give a lot of priority to is uh, the gospel, the book of the gospels, whichever one you want to pick. Um, the synoptics, either uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John's gospel, you know. But sometimes when we read them and we don't understand, that's why we need guidance. You know, if you have a priest around that can tell you what is actually going in here, or you have anybody who has gone through theology, who has studied theology, you know, sometimes there are certain nuances, the context, the genre, the kind of text you have, you know. Mm -hmm. People have used the book of the Bible to carry out nefarious activities. There are some people who think that, oh, Women should be kept quiet in church. They shouldn't say anything. There's some people who will think that, oh, uh, women should always just bed their husband. And they take it out of context. What is the context where Ephesians is saying that? You know. So these are the things that we really have to look at when we read the Bible. As you read, you find something that is striking you. You can note them down. Ask your parents or ask a priest or ask anyone who, who is a student of the Bible who understands the theology behind the text, mm. you know, it, it can actually help. And I think it's something that a lot of parishes are doing, and we are doing that here too, 
um, hopefully after all of these COVID things settles, I, I wish to do something on, you know, Bible study as well, to just speak maybe the Gospel of Matthew, and we'll go through it, the Gospel of Mark, you know, things like that. Mm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, very cool. How about you? What what will be your favorite passage of the Bible? Favorite passage of the Bible. Wow. That's a good question. Um, I have to think about that for a second. I would say uh, Psalm 116, um, Psalms 1, uh, 116. Oh, okay. Uh, that, that whole chapter actually really strikes me um, for a couple of reasons. And actually, I would probably pull that up to Psalm 91 as well. Okay. Uh, because my grandma was very, um, very passionate about the Psalms. You know, okay. Psalm 91 was her favorite, and it became my favorite, too, because she would always kind of pull us into that. Hmm. And especially when times were getting hard, hmm. you know. And when my grandma was on her deathbed, uh, I went in there. I had a moment where it was it was just me and her, and oh. she couldn't hear. She couldn't. Uh, she wasn't really engaged. and She, she was suffering at the end. And so um, I remember specifically, and I was, you know, in that moment, I was, I was kind of reading to her the Psalms and uh, 116 really stands out because it, it just talks about that suffering, you know. And so I was just sitting there. It was a moment that I just kind of reflect back on um, and it just kind of pulls me back into that moment where um, uh, 116 through 120, just kind of reading wow. through and just having that that moment it just kind of pulls together my relationship with my grandma you know and so for the time being like that that really kind of still stands out to me you know so i wasn't and, wrong in saying that you know like asking people if you're an adult or what of you mm -hmm. the psalms they have a way of just furnishing us and they're helping us to uh, to peep into our own emotions yeah. and to see where we are at and where god is with us in all of that too you know yeah, it, it, they're they're very emotional. Yeah, you know uh, where you go into like Leviticus, you go into Numbers, emotion is out of that. You know, you're not you're just sitting there. And you're just saying, uh, okay, we're just gonna get <laughs> a lot of times. You know, a lot of times. But uh, what I love about the Psalms is that you you can enter into that, um, and your emotions can relate to the psalmist. Yeah, you know, and and the, there's a lot of emotion in there. You know, you've got the the highs, and then you've got the lows, lows yeah. you know, and it, it really meets you where you're at when you enter into the Psalms. And so that that's what I like about it, especially with what's going on now inside of the church. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of the fear that's going on. Psalm 91, I think, really kind of echoes um, across the church and where our heads and our hearts need to be, you know, of just being within the Lord's refuge, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and that that's a powerful mission statement i think for the the church right now of just trusting in the lord yeah maybe our know? folks looking at us too you can plug it into you know that psalm psalm 91 a very powerful psalm he will dwell in the shadow of the most high 
and abides in the shades of the Almighty, mm -hmm. says to the Lord, my refuge, my stronghold, in whom I trust. This time we have to trust in God and um, we we'll believe with our trust in God. Our hope, like St. Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, I guess our hope will never disappoint us. Mm. And let us hang on to that. You know, this that's that's what I think about it. You know, that, that's something that we've been talking a lot about mm. uh, in ministry. You know, we, we were talking about the hope through the messiness of life yesterday at Life Team. We had, uh, you know, we started off with pies. You know, we had Father Paul and Joe and myself were sticking our face in the cream pies. And then, uh, you know, we, we break down the gospel reading wow. from yesterday with Lazarus, wow. you know, and when, when Martha had maybe not a doubt, but a frustration, you know, of, of entering into it, yeah. but Jesus just kind of counters with the hope, you know, I am mm -hmm. the resurrection. You know, and I, I think that's something that we can always pull. And that's what Jesus is always trying to tell us and bring us back into yeah. is himself, yeah. you know, in that resurrection. And um, when we talk about that hope, yeah. and I think that's the message of the time is to have hope beyond right now, you know. Yeah. And um, even going back to Psalm 91, when it talks about, you know, though a thousand may fall at my side, you know. A thousand we, fall at your right. Yeah, yeah, you know, you will never be harmed, you know. Yeah, we see that today, you know, and it's not even a moment uh, because even if we physically fall okay. ill, you know, or if we physically die, the hope, especially in reflection of what the gospel reading was yesterday, is that there is new life. Yes. You know? and, yes. and that's what brings us that hope. Yeah. You know, I, I think I pull... Um, Hope from that, you know. <laughs> it's always a favorite passage that a lot of people, you know, when we have funeral masses, even when that reading is not chosen or people don't, didn't, if they are not choosing that particular passage, John mm. um, chapter 11, I always plug that in that, you know, Jesus is the one that communicates resurrected life, you know, even when he resuscitated Lazarus. Lazarus will die again, but there is a glimpse of that that life that is given to us even here and now, mm. and that life is to participate in the divine life of, of God, the inner life of God, which we all yeah. anticipate uh, um, towards. This is uh, an interesting passage. And that's mm. one of the, that's the last sign of Jesus in the gospel of John, the raising of Lazarus, you know, and that gradually is leading him into uh, his passion, you know, is an interesting the, the Bible is interesting for those who um, have taken time to look into it and who are still looking into it. And I think this video, people are at home now, it's a good way for families to actually plug in into into the Bible. You know, mm. at dinner table, just open the Bible and um, uh, let a member of the family just read out something from the Bible, maybe the Gospel, maybe the Psalms, and reflect. It, it, I think it's something that a lot of families should do more at this time because a family that prays together lives together happily. <laughs> it's true. My my wife Ani sent me a picture um, last week of Izzy praying along with the rosary. So you know we do a live stream of rosary here, and um, 
Ani tuned in, put it up on the screen at home, and Izzy's on her knees up know, against the TV, and she's praying the rosary. Along, she doesn't, you know, she's going to be three, so she's she's still little. She doesn't really get it, but she's oh. sitting there along with Ani praying. You know, it's just one of those moments where you know you're just kind of like a, a proud dad, you know, yeah. proud husband, and uh, as interesting. Th- those are good moments, you know, yeah. when when you're seeing the family praying, you and you know? know that a lot of you know. What I'm not would like it. Kids, they learn by imitation. They learn by imitation. Whether as parents, you're practicing virtues or vices, they see everything going on, you know? Mm. And that is what they they imbibe. You know, like this this Latin adage that says, Nemo dar quod non habit. Like, you can't give what you don't have. Mm. If you've not been praying at home or having family prayers, for instance, it might be so hard for the kids to just pick up praying attitude on their own, mm. you know? They might learn that maybe in school, in family faith, but if parents start to plug in their kids into that attitude, that atmosphere of prayer, it's gonna go with them. Because it's something that, I'm speaking from experience, back home in Nigeria now, every 5 a.m. in the morning, my dad comes out, he jingles his bell, he has a bell, and once he jingles that bell, everyone has to come out. You only don't come out if you will die the next day. <laughs> <laughs> he jingles the bell, everyone is out. And even up till now, all of my sisters are all married and have a nephew living with my um, parents. They still pray every 5 a.m. in the morning. So sometimes if I have to call them, I call them early enough, like 4.30 a.m., I call my dad or after their prayers. So you see how doing that uh, kind of like instilled in me that uh, attitude of prayer. Even if I wasn't a priest, um, I think I will still have those moments of prayer that mm. you know I have learned from my prayer. So you should be a proud dad to see your, uh, your daughter praying with your, oh, your wife, you know, like, uh, my heart and because perhaps they've seen you praying and, and, and that is the attitude, you know? That, that should be the attitude, you know. If um, parents are eager to take their kids to go play soccer, games, basketball, or whatever you, I think they should be eager enough to, to pray with kids and teach them how to pray, you know. Mm. I don't think there is anything more sublime than that. I don't think so. Awesome. Well, hey, we're at 38 minutes. I think we can oh. probably wrap this up. Okay. Um, so I really appreciate you coming and joining us for a cup of coffee here. Hopefully your coffees are good at like our tea and coffee here. Um, hopefully you enjoyed the conversation with Father Moses. And, uh, you know, we'll be back tomorrow actually with Brian Rue, uh, Director of Evangelization. He's going to come and join us for a cup of coffee and we'll have a little conversation with him. So, Father, would you mind just... Closing us up here with a little blessing. A little prayer. Yeah. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gracious God, we thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the beauty of creation. We thank you for our brothers and sisters who are looking at us, those who are at home. We thank you in a very special way for our life. At this moment in the world, there is a pandemic. And there is a sense of 
helplessness around the sense of doubt. But you have told us in your word that we should be hopeful. Amidst our helplessness, we are hopeful. May you, O Lord, continue to strengthen us and be with us. Help all of our scientists to discover a lasting solution to COVID-19 so that we all can come together in church and celebrate that great sacrifice of the Holy Mass, the Eucharist. May your love continue to be upon us as we place our hope in you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. And we'll, we'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And we will see you soon. Also, uh, just one last thought here before we end this. At uh, 3 o'clock, tune in on Instagram. We have our holy hour for you guys to be able to, well, either pop in or leave your intentions and we can pray for them. So uh, thanks a lot. We're praying for you. We'll see you soon. Bye.